Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Anaconda, Montana, this is The Big Fib. And now, what do we do? Here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the agile, pest-controlling, solar-powered truth and the venomous, sidewinding snake oil of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live In Studio Audience. What is that? Is that an ice cream truck? You bet it is, Deborah. And guess what I'm serving? Uh, might that be ice cream? <laughs> yeah, I can see why a human would default to the obvious upon hearing that sound. But no, I'm not serving ice cream. Okay, so what are you serving then? I'm actually serving listener questions. Okay, listener questions. Well, I'd like a scoop of listener question, please. Coming right up. One scoop of listener questions. Hi, Lisa. Can you play guitar? If you can, can you come to my house and play the guitar? I do play guitar. You do? I've never heard you play guitar. Sure you have, Deborah. I I play air guitar all the time. I've got to keep practicing because the band and I have to rehearse for our next gig. You're in an air guitar band? Don't be silly, Deborah. You can't have a band with all air guitar. We've got an air drummer, air keyboardist, air saxophonist. Anyway, we've got a gig next Tuesday, but I could definitely schedule a trip to play air guitar at our listener's house. So listener, just go ahead and book me a first class round trip ticket to fly to your house by way of Tahiti. I'll also need your parents' credit card number to use for all of my per diem expenses, such as food, taxi services, hotel suites, and a butler, of course. Um, No, that's not happening, Lisa. You can't ask our listeners to pay for your travel expenses. Oh, don't worry. I already did. No, no, you can't do that. Oh, I can't? No, you cannot. Perhaps you can record a video of yourself playing air guitar and post it on our website for all of our listeners to see and hear. Uh, Sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) I feel like it would be a lot easier to just jump on a plane and make my way to the kid's house by way of Honolulu. 
Okay. I think the video is going to be the best option. And I'll help you with that. In the meantime, we should get back to our show, I think. And you can play some air guitar while you tell us how our game works. Oh, right on, dude. <laughs> Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert. The other is a liar. Mm. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who, because no one, and I'm talking no one, can spot a liar better than a rhinoceros. But we don't have one, so we're using a kid. What are we lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about snakes, reptiles with long, thin bodies and no legs. And we're going to learn all about snakes with our contestant today. Who might that be? Lisa. Our human child contestant is a 10-year-old who collects and crafts miniatures. Lily Calandrella. Hi, Lily. Hi. How are you? I'm good, you? I am also good, thank you for asking, so nice. Okay, collecting and crafting miniatures. So first you collect these things called miniatures, just like little teeny things. How would you describe them? Um, there's like mini miniature milk cartons. Oh. And you know, like french fries too, and packages. Uh-huh. And yeah, I also like making them too. It's really fun, like for example, once I actually got a mask and I cut it out and made it like for my dolls. Oh. So when they go to the shop, they stay safe. Oh, that's very thoughtful. So both creative and thoughtful. I like that. You're looking out for your dolls. We do want to learn more about you, but we are going to do it playing our game, Two Truths and a Lie. So you, Lily, are going to tell us two truths and one lie, and we have to use our brains and try to guess which one is the lie? So, in no particular order, tell us your two truths and one lie. I could walk in a backbend. I have a YouTube channel and I could speak two languages. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, these are very impressive things. I can walk, like, while you're in a backbend, is that correct? And you can speak two languages and you have your own YouTube channel. Wow, okay, so we might actually be talking to a celebrity here. We don't know. All right, what do you think, Lisa? All right. She can walk in a backbend. She can speak two languages. She has her own YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this one is kind of complicated, Deborah. I'm sorry to say. Oh, I see. Well, you got to imagine if you're on YouTube a lot, right? Mm-hmm. You got people watching you. You speak in one language for a while. They're like, boring. I need more <laughs> languages. And then you got to learn another language, right? Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. And then you got two languages. And then they say, boring, you're only speaking in two languages. I want to see you walk in a backbend. Oh. Yeah. That makes all of those things true. I think they're all true. There's no lie. Oh, no. One of those is a lie. What? One of those is a lie. Oh, she doesn't have a YouTube channel. Oh, (laughs) because if she did, all of those things would have to be true. I see. Interesting. Lily, which one of those things is actually a lie? I have my own YouTube channel. (gasps) I told you, Deborah. Lisa got it right. Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute, wait a minute. But that means, one, you can walk while you're in a backbend. Yes. How far do you go? Do you walk, like, to school while you're in a backbend? Not exactly. No? (laughs) But you could go for a while. Yeah. You have to be pretty limber, right? Do you take gymnastics? No, I do dance. Okay, that makes sense. All right, and also you can speak two languages. I'm guessing English is one of them. Mm-hmm. And Lily, what is the second language that you can speak? 
I could speak Italian too. Oh, Italian. Very oh, nice. Oh, Italian. The language of the ancient Incans. No, that is not the language of the ancient Incans. That would the be... language of the modern Italians. Yes, correct. The modern Italians. Much better. And do you feel just as comfortable speaking in Italian as you do in English? Yes. Wow, very good. I think those are really fun facts. Thank you very much. However, you did not fool Lisa, but maybe not for the reasons that we thought. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that you are a pretty good liar, even though Lisa got it right. I'm on to you. Uh-huh, not so much. But I also think that that will help you quite a great deal when you're trying to find the liar today. So let's get on with it, shall we, and talk about snakes. Do you know anything interesting about snakes, Lily? Um... I do know that they don't have eyelids. Ooh. So it's really hard to tell when they're sleeping. Yeah, and it's really hard for them to put on eyeshadow. Very interesting. Okay, well, I think we're going to learn some more interesting facts just like that about snakes once we bring on our experts. So, Lisa, could you please provide some welcome music for our snakes experts? Let's not dally, let's not dither. Here are some snake experts. See them slither. <laughs> Ooh, hiss, hiss, one is a mister. Hiss, hiss, one is a miss. Snake experts, they got a scale of one, two, awesome. Here they come. Wow, it's like a whole album. Thank you so much. Okay, our first expert is Jocelyn Kasich. Jocelyn, please introduce yourself to Lily. Hi, Lily. Hi, everyone. My name is Jocelyn Kasich. I am an ecologist and a conservation biologist, and I work mainly with snakes. Thank you very much. Our second expert is Chris Jenkins. Chris, please introduce yourself to Lily. Hi, Lily. My name is Dr. Chris Jenkins, and I am the chief executive officer of a nonprofit that does snake research and conservation. Thank you very much. <laughs> am I picking up some Viperado in that sound file, Lisa? You're picking up the fact that it is. Hot seat time! <laughs> that is correct. It is when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Lily's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Chris Jenkins. Because if you rearrange the letters in their name, uh-huh. you get Jenkins Chris. <laughs> that is true. Isn't that cool? Very cool. Genius, really. Okay, Lily, what is your first question for Chris? Tell me a typical day at your job. Well, my job is very diverse. On any given day, you could find me in the Amazon trying to catch anacondas in the wild. You could find me up in the Appalachian Mountains looking at rattlesnakes in the high peaks. But because I also run a company, you might find me in a suit in New York City trying to raise money from people, say, in the finance industry. So day-to-day, completely different. Excuse me, my name is Chris Jenkins. I have a pocket full of snakes. Would you give me some money? (laughs) I'm sure that's exactly what he says. All right, Lily, next question, and for whom? Jocelyn, this is for you. Tell me about the rarest kind of snake you've had to take care of. 
I actually had a blue Malayan coral snake. It's a very cool snake. It's not very rare, but it was rare where I was in India. It has a red head, but the rest of its body is blue. Ooh, that sounds pretty. It is very pretty. And it's one of the most well-behaved snakes that I've ever handled. No temper tantrums and we actually became friends. Oh, so no hissy fits. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no hissy fits. <laughs> Back to you, Lily. Chris, this is for you. What should you do if you get bitten by a snake? If you get bitten by a snake, the first thing I would tell you is what not to do. And that is because there are so many myths around snake bites. And we don't have time to go into it all. But much of what you hear is really things that you should not do. What you need to do is get to a hospital as quickly as possible, and you need to let them know that you're coming as soon as you can so they can be prepared. Mm. If you're going to be working in India, like Jocelyn is, you have a plan. If you get a bite to know how you're going to reach out to the hospital and know how you're going to get there as quickly as possible. I would send a singing telegram. <laughs> hey, I got bitten by a cobra. Oh no, my life might be over. I'll see you in 15 minutes. Yeah. Nice. I like that. That's going to make the best of album. I just want to add one thing. The first thing that you should do if you get bitten by a snake is to calm down, not panic. Because the more you panic, the higher your heart rate is and the faster the venom will spread in your body. Mm, calm down. Jocelyn is correct. That is one of the most important things you can do is try to remain calm. Okay. It's also you're supposed to pee on the snake. No. <laughs> Isn't that a thing? That sounds disgusting. That sounds really gross. Yeah, stop doing that, please. Stop doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, back to you, Lily. Jocelyn, this is for you. Are snakes important to humans? And if so, why? Oh, I could speak about how important snakes are to human beings for hours because, yes, they are very important to human beings. The first reason being they keep our ecosystem in balance. Eating rodents is a very, very important job that snakes do. Um, rodents spread diseases, and if their populations are uncontrolled, it could cause human beings a lot of problems, right? So having snakes, one, controls the population. Number two, the venom that snakes uh, produce is actually used in a lot of medicine. Ooh. It's used for treating so many diseases. They're used as painkillers. They're also used in Botox and pesticides. That's something that you may not have heard. Snakes' venom is a really good natural pesticide in a lot of expensive crops. So yeah, those are some of the ways snakes really help human beings. And we should do everything we can to make sure they're conserved and keep having more snakes. They also help if you have too many legs, they can go and bite one of them off. Like if you're someone who has eight or nine legs, just have a snake come over. Mm -hmm. Not so much. Snakes, nature's answer. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Those were excellent questions. Great job. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. 
They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or ten, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are, like, really sneaky, and you often don't know how they're feeling, and the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib, to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we get back to the show, I just want to say how much we have loved bringing you shows like Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches or the new Earth Rangers Underground podcast, and especially the new episodes in the Six Minutes feed, the ones about the Cyrus Lost Tapes. And this is when I need to say a big thank you to all our GZM subscribers. Your support makes independent audio like this possible. If you're not a GZM subscriber yet, right now is the time to join for ad-free listening, early access, and more. Show your support and learn more at gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Help us bring you more great shows by becoming a subscriber today. And thank you. Okay. It's time for the Shorts on Fire round when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Lily will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, you have to keep it short and sweet because you're not allowed to burrow more time. Lily, we're going to start with Jocelyn and ask your Shorts on Fire questions. Now. Name one phase of skin shedding. Pink belly, the first one. When you use a household tool called a snake, what are you using it to do? I don't know, pass. Which Native American tribe in northern Arizona has performed the snake dance for thousands of years? I don't know, pass. Name a country where there are no snakes. Oh, New Zealand. What is the name of the extinct snake that could grow to be 50 feet long and weigh up to 4,000 pounds? It's called an Olympian boa. It's called horrifying. (laughs) That too. Fact or fib? Most snakes do not want to bite people. Fib. Who is the Aztec god of wind and rain whose name means feathered serpent? Ugh, pass. 
Name two different kinds of snake locomotion. Hyperextension and rectilinear. What is a symbol of medicine called that shows a snake wrapped around a staff? The spear of Hippocrates. It's after the Hippocratic Oath. And that is time. That's all the time. Very good. Okay, Lisa, would you do us a favor and kindly reset the timer? I would, but there's thousands of snakes on it. Is there really? Oh, they all went away. Okay, here you go. Okay, good. All right, very good. Lily, you can ask Chris your shorts on fire questions now. How many species of snakes are there? There are over 3,000 species of snakes in the world. Factor fib. Snakes have no voice. Hmm. Uh, fib. What is the word for the fear of snakes? Aphidophobia. Name one of the flying snakes. I cannot remember the exact name, but there are a group of snakes that actually glide in Asia. They shouldn't be allowed to fly. <laughs> what organ do some snakes use to see in infrared spectrums? The pit organ. What type of snake has fangs in the back of their mouths to pop and deflate their prey? Hognose snake. What do you call a group of snakes? Uh, pass. How do snakes smell? Uh, they smell with nostrils, but they also use their tongue and their vomer nasal organ. When you roll the dice and get snake eyes, what number have you rolled? Double ones. And that is time. It is time, time, time. Well done, experts. Thank you so much. Okay, it's decision time. Lily must decide which of our experts was actually speaking with a forked tongue. Lily, who is our big snake fibber? I think it's Chris. <gasps> Why do you think Chris is our big snake fibber? He said that the way they smell... I don't know. It seemed kind of weird because I thought they only smell with their tongues. Okay. So you're skeptical about that. Fair enough. All right. Well, our actual snake expert, please say, I am the snake expert. I am the <gasps> snake expert. Oh, it's actually true. Dr. Chris Jenkins is a herpetologist and CEO of the Orion Society, a nonprofit that works towards rare reptile and amphibian conservation, and he hosts a podcast called Snake Talk. Oh, goodness. I think we need to do some fact-checking here so that we can get to the bottom of this. Chris, how did Jocelyn try to rattle us with lies? Well, first of all, I'd say Jocelyn certainly did her research. And <laughs> I would not feel bad at all, Lily. I would have been convinced as well. A lot of what Jocelyn was saying was spot on. But I could tell a couple places she purposefully lied. Mm. So one, for example, would be calling the Titanoboa, this ancient boa, calling it the, uh, I can't remember, the Olympian or the Olympic boa. Mm. Uh, you know, the using the term pink belly is one of the phases of shedding. Uh, you know, that isn't something that scientists would typically use. Oh. But maybe that's something Jocelyn found through another source. But that was something I hadn't heard of either. Okay, interesting. All right, well, let's bring it to Jocelyn then. Jocelyn, walk us through how you tried to snake us with lies. <laughs> well, um... First, snake venom is not used in pesticides. It hasn't been used at all um, in research, although they are used as painkillers and for Botox. 
And for Botox. (laughs) Okay, very good. Also, just so you know, Jocelyn, when you use a household tool called a snake, you are clearing a pipe. Oh. Yes. Okay. Now, we also passed on which Native American tribe in northern Arizona has performed the snake dance for rainfall. Do you know that, Chris? The Hopi. The Hopi. Okay, very good. Also... Fact or fib, most snakes do not want to bite people, and you said that was a fib. Chris, is that true? Do most snakes want to bite us? I would say that most snakes do not want to bite us, but like everything, it's dependent. You know, if you pick up a snake in the wild, at that point, it probably wants to bite you. But on average, if you're out in the woods, you're out in the park, a snake does not want to bite you. They want to get away from you. Good. All right, let's keep it that way. And the Aztec god of wind and rain, whose name means feathered serpent, it's the Quetzalcoatl. I think I just hurt myself saying it. Quetzalcoatl. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yes. And two different kinds of snake locomotion. Not sure about those. What did you say, Jocelyn? I said rectilinear and hyperextension. The second one's a lie. Rectilinear is correct. Sidewinding, swimming, climbing, gliding, as we talked about. Bicycle riding. (laughs) (laughs) They really get around, huh? Very good. And the symbol, finally, of medicine that shows the snake wrapped around the staff. Chris, tell us what that is. It's the rod of Asclepidius. I may have pronounced that incorrectly. (laughs) This has been a symbol first for a long time, going all the way back into like Greek mythology. Mm. And there's been a lot of kind of debate and discussion about the significance of the snake in that symbol. And there's there's really isn't a defined, clear answer. There's kind of different theories on that. Okay, good to know. Very good. Thank you so much. Okay, well, we have reached the end of the show and it's time to say fangs. Thanks to our contestant, Lily, our garter of truth. Thank you to our expert and liar, Chris and Jocelyn. And thanks to Lisa for the concertina of sounds. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into The Big Fib, where we shed the skin of slithering lies. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you can find out how you can become a contestant on The Big Fib or send questions for me to answer on the show. And follow us on social media at The Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. And now, I earn myself a mouse pop. Wait, who ate my mouse pops? Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the 6 Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the 6 Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.